Welcome to Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Owen Shatterk, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Johnny Maffey. Johnny, it's officially the last week of the regular season here on release day on August 9th. Playoffs are coming, baby. Yep, we're getting through this season, the 60-plus game season. With all the rain, all the long summer, all the COVID, you know, we're getting through it and we're in the stretch. And Worcester's in the hunt. They control their own destiny because they're in fourth place on recording day. And we had Andrew Salima on today from the Bravehearts. Yeah, Andrew Salima, so great to have him on. He talked all about his experiences with the Bravehearts for the last two summers and with Westfield in 2019. He's a seasoned FCVL vet and he is transferring from Holy Cross to Merrimack. So he also mentioned that. And it was just, it was great to hear his perspective about not only the Futures League, but college experience as well. Yeah, I feel like we keep saying this. It was definitely a long time coming to have Andrew on. We're going to get to everyone. Everyone will get on. We only have a couple weeks left here in season three, but season four will be coming out in the fall. We're going to keep doing this all winter, and we can't wait to keep keep bringing this content. And, you know, it was awesome to have Andrew on and hear some stories that that only you'd only hear really if you're in the dugout with him. So that's why we do it, and it was it was, it was great talking to him. Yeah, it was certainly great to talk to him, and we will keep you updated on the Back to the Future schedule in the coming weeks. But for now, we want to get you to our interview. So without further ado, we present our interview with Andrew Salima. Good luck to all the teams down the stretch this week. Let's roll. At this time, we are honored to be joined by our next guest, who is a three-year veteran of the FCBL and was a 2021 All-Star this summer. It's Andrew Salima of the Worcester Bravehearts. Andrew, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to Back to the Futures. How are you? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We appreciate you coming on. And we got to lead off with this question here. You know, Worcester is right on the cusp of a playoff spot. They're in fourth place. If the season's winding down, you guys are two and a half up on Westfield as of August 5th, which is when we're recording this. What's it like to be part of this playoff push again? And, you know, how do you guys stay locked in here right up until the end? Yeah, I mean, nothing's better. It's like you play, I think it's going to be 66 games and it kind of comes down to these last two weeks, the last 10 games of the season. It's going to be a tough stretch coming out, but uh, yesterday we had a big win at Brockton. I mean, that was really big for us. Um, tonight's going to be another big one at New Britain. And then, I mean, Friday night in Westfield, I mean, that's going to be the big one. That'll give us kind of a, a little breathing room. If we can get a win against Westfield, kind of separate us. To be honest, we're still looking to move up in the standings if we can. I mean, if we go on a little win streak, Pittsfield or Brockton kind of falters off a little. I mean, we could bump up to the three or two spot. So we're not looking just to get the four spot. We're looking for a little bit more. Yeah, this is going to sound like kind of a weird question, but in the spring, you know, whether it's D1, D2, D3, you know, there's a lot of weekend games. You're looking at your conference, but this year it's every day, 66 games. And you really, it changes every day, just like, you know, an MLB or, or whatever professional playoff pushes. What's it like really being in the thick of it after, you know, it's, it's not, you don't look at the standings as closely each and every day in the spring season, like most guys do. Yeah. I mean, coach Dion, uh, Dion, as he always tells us to call him, he always told us like all-star break, let's just be like five games above 500. So that that kind of puts us in a position at the second half of the season where it gives us a little breathing room. And now it's kind of at that point where the goal is just to get in. And I try not to look at the standings that much, but I'll be honest, last night that game uh, at Westfield where Vermont came back, 
I mean, after we won our game, I was kind of watching that intently because, I mean, Vermont's obviously the number one seed and if they could drop off a little, that would be great. But I was kind of hoping they would win because that gives us the breathing room from Westfield. So it's getting a little more stressful, but it's a, it's a good kind of stress. It's that stress that makes you play a little better in those games and those big games when you, uh, when somebody needs to come up with a big hit or a big pitch or a big defensive play. Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're certainly used to those big games of fit and field and in those Bravehearts uniforms. Overall, what's it been like playing for the Bravehearts the last two summers? It's been amazing. Great experience. I mean, last year playing at Doyle was, uh, it was really cool. Big hitters ballpark to be actually able to play like in a Bravehearts uniform at fit and field. I mean, that, that was kind of, it's a great way to kind of cap off my uh, summer college baseball experience. I mean, this is my last summer playing college baseball in the summer. To do that at Fit and Field where I went to college, I went to Holy Cross for four years, graduated. So like that last game really wasn't my last game. And so my last game as like the home team at Fit and Field will be in a Bravehearts uniform. And that's something I'll take forever. Yeah, we'll definitely get to the Holy Cross questions and the connection there in a, in a sec. But first, when we asked people, you know, hey, like suggestions about what to ask Andrew, they were like, yeah, he's the man. He's the glue of the locker room. He's got an inf- infectious personality, which we knew going in. But for the fans, what's it like to hear that from your teammates and other staff members that you've worked with? And how do you bring that type of energy to the locker room each and every day? I mean, how I look at it is, is that I just want to go out and have fun and win games. And if I can kind of spread that positive attitude, that positive energy to my teammates, I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's the goal every day. It's just, I want everybody to be loose. I want everybody to have fun and enjoy what they're doing because I feel like if you can kind of have that mentality and attitude the whole time, it makes those situations where you're under a little pressure, a little bit easier. You can kind of breathe a little easier. You know that you can take like that kind of deep breath and you know that your team has your back. They're rooting for you. You might have that tunnel vision at the plate, but you can hear like your teammates. You can kind of, happens to me, I can pick out like certain teammates like rooting me on. And I mean, playing at Finn, I mean, last Friday night when we played the Suns, I, I had an at bat, I think it was in the eighth inning. And it was just like, you felt like the whole stadium was just behind your back. I had this feeling, I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to do bad. Here. Like I'm going to pull through some way, like put the ball in play, do something because like you could just feel like everybody just kind of pushing you to succeed in that moment. And the fans are great. They've been great the whole summer and that game, especially you could feel like they made the difference there. Yeah, it's certainly fun going to Fit and Field and seeing all the fans there. And another stadium that had a lot of fans this summer is New Britain Stadium, where the All-Star Game was held and you were a part of. What was it like being there at the All-Star Game with your teammates and other guys from around the Futures League? Yeah, I'll be honest, that was probably one of the funnest experiences I've had on a baseball diamond in 10 years. The last being like when I was in Little League and we went to the regionals. And that experience, I mean, one, it was really cool because, like, we play against all these guys. We've played so many games against them. And you kind of get to know them. Like, I'm a big talker at first base. So whenever somebody gets on first base, I'm always like, hey, how's it going? Like, where are you from? And then, like, when they're when you're on your team in the All-Star game, you get to know them a little better. You're kind of in the dugout talking to them. And you kind of make friendships there. And then that just whole experience just, I mean, I got to play the first three innings and then, 
I asked Jack Aaron, who I actually played, played high school ball with him at St. John's Prep, and I would hit with him in college over the winter. And now he's the uh, assistant coach at Brockton. He was kind of managing that game for our side. And I go to him, I'm like, man, I'm like, please let me make this pitching change in the ninth inning. Like, it's a Worcester guy for a Worcester guy. So I'm like, it's not like I'm going out there and making a pitching change for one of your rocks guys. And he was like, of course you can. And I mean, that kind of was just the cherry on the top. And that was, that's a night I'll never forget. I mean, it was just so much fun. And everybody there like was cheering for everybody. I mean, it was just an all-star game. Like really didn't matter the outcome. I mean, I'm happy we won. But um, yeah, yeah, it was one of the one of the best experiences I've had in baseball. Yeah, we caught we had Eric Ramirez mic'd up for uh, for that pitching change. So we <laughs> it was faint. I would have included it, but we <laughs> we, yeah. uh, we caught you in the background a little. It was pretty funny, fun stuff. That should that should happen a lot more during, especially during the All Star game. So that yeah. was awesome. Uh, what has Coach Dion or sorry Dion taught you about uh, the game the last few summers and the rest of that Worcester coaching staff? I mean, one of, I think the most important things is that he taught us, like, when we go out there, you play the game, have fun. But, like, one, when you go out there, like, he has two rules, basically. When you go out there, play hard, give it your all 100%, 110% if you can. And also, like, play the game, like, with respect. Those are two things, like, I kind of already had in my repertoire. But, like, to hear someone else, especially, like, a manager kind of, come into your clubhouse like at the beginning of the year and say like, Hey, these are like the two things I expect from you guys. And these are two things I want from you guys. I mean, it's just kind of like made, like, especially last summer, my first summer, it made playing with him almost feel like I've played for him before, even though I haven't. And like that kind of mentality going in, it makes it a lot easier to feel comfortable playing under like a new coach for me last summer. And so like this summer coming in, I knew exactly what to expect. And it just makes it that much easier. And I think that's why a lot of the guys on Worcester, we have a lot of returners because just that whole, like from the Creedence on down, the Creedence, Peterson to Dion, they all just have this kind of infectious, like personality and just mentality that like, when you're here, we're going to play hard. We're going to have fun. We're going to respect each other and we're going to win. And winning comes from all of the above. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've had a great experience. Yeah, so you talk about returners. Talk a little more about that, whether it's the Creedens and Dave Peterson and uh, Coach Dion, just bringing so many guys back to Worcester because that's not something you see a lot in summer baseball. Yeah, I mean, for me, I remember when I was, I think it was when I was in Westfield three years ago, I was on second base and Mariano Ricciardi was playing second. And he said something to me like, this is what it's all about, like playing summer ball, like in these fans. He's like, I've been here like four years or something like that. And then I ended up playing for Worcester the following year and he was playing again. And I was like, wow, I'm like, this guy's still here. Like, this is like his fourth or fifth year or something. I'm like, man, there must be something. And then like Ben Rice came back and it was all these in last year, to be honest, I think most of our team was returners. And as a new player, I was kind of like, one of the new guys, I didn't really know anybody. And I was kind of in the minority in the sense that everybody was returners. But what they showed me is like, they basically welcomed me right in and made me a part of the team like that. And then this year is interesting because in terms of returners, it was Nikki Martin, who was third year in Worcester. For me, it was my second. And then Alex Amalfi and Chris Radovic, it was uh, our second too. 
And so it was just kind of like a smaller group of core guys. And then once we got DiMatteo back, he was like the fifth guy. So it was kind of five of us were returners and everybody else was new. And so we were kind of in the minority at that point. What was cool about this year is that we kind of got to teach the new guys, like just that small core of us, like what it means to be a Braveheart and what it means to play in Worcester and how much fun it could be. And at the end of the season, I mean, the goal is to win a ring. And that might be different than some other summer leagues where kids might just go like to Ohio and just play 30 games. And, you know, it's so what I go home and so be it had a fun summer. Like here, it's a little different. Like, and it's funny because now that the season's beginning to end, I kind of can feel that stress the coaches get. And I'm like, man, is this just me getting old? Like I'm starting to feel it from like a different perspective. But I think that's just the mentality that like we're here to win and we're here to win a ring. And there's, it's kind of a tradition for Worcester. I mean, we've been in the championship every year and the goal is to get back there. So not to put a lot of pressure on our backs, but we got a job to do. Yeah, be, it would be weird if you didn't talk about it because obviously it's there. It's right in front of you. It's the elephant in the room. You've been there every year. Uh, another tradition Worcester has is all those in-game promotions, the between-inning uh, events and promos and contests. What's your favorite one during the game when Brody gets on the mic and has the kids come out there? Yeah, I mean, anything with, like, the pies, I really enjoy. I mean, I got to do the pie-eating contest at the beginning of the year, and that was a blast. It was pretty funny because I went up against this kid. I think it's his grandparents come to the game all the time, so it's, like, their grandson or grandchild. And I ended up, like, making a really nice relationship with them, and they sit right by the dugout. So, like, every day, like, home game, like, beginning of the game, I talk to them. I'll talk to them throughout the game. So it's kind of funny that like that promotion, like now I have a really good relationship with this family. The Dizzy Bat one is fun too. I love the t-shirt tosses. My new kind of favorite is the dance ones. But kind of get involved with that. I mean, I'm not a great dancer, but um, it's great to go out there, just have fun, put on some wacky moves. I mean, hearing the fans cheer you on and stuff and laughing at you. It makes, it makes the game a little more fun for them, especially on some nights where the game might not go the way we want. We still want the fans to be entertained and have a good time. And, you know, it's just, a, it's a blast, all the promotions. And that's a good transition to the next question, which, you know, sometimes in the game, you guys aren't doing well. And then the seventh and eighth inning comes on and all of a sudden tequila comes on and it brings something to the team. Are you a believer in the tequila rally? What's your thoughts on it? Because it works. It works. I've been there. It yeah. works. I'm 100% a believer in the tequila rally. I mean, it worked last Friday night. It worked the other night. Even though we ended up losing the Pittsfield, it still worked. I think we scored like five or six runs in an inning. And I know some of the games, like if I'm off for the night, like I literally want to go up there in the stands with Dave and just start doing it because I'm like, if we get more people in the stands, like, Maybe it will like result in like more walks, more runs or something like that. Yeah, I'm a firm believer in that. And I think that's, it's a great staple for the Bravehearts. I mean, I, a lot of the kids on the other teams are like, why do they keep playing this song? And I'm like, it's a tradition. I'm like, it always happens. I'm like, it always works. So you guys better watch out when it comes on. But yeah, that's just whoever, whoever thought of that. It was a great idea. And I love it. Yeah, we love it too. It's, it's a lot of fun. It wakes you up in that seventh inning, especially if, you know, like you said, the game's not going well. There's a lot of pitching changes or something. You think it would be better if we handed out shots of Patron during the tequila rally? <laughs> I mean, that would be interesting. It would probably cost a lot of money. Probably, probably too much money. Yeah, we probably need to get a sponsor for that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. sponsored by so, Patron. 
<laughs> yes. Well, it's the colors and that I was going to ask you about the jerseys next. Do we need a, you have a pie jersey? You have the fundraiser jerseys. Do you need a tequila jersey too? Because Patron's already green. That's a really good idea. I might have to talk to Dave about that. Even if it's for next year, I might be like, hey, I mean, you do tequila all the time. You might as well get a little sponsorship from Patron and make, <laughs> maybe some new Friday Night Brights sponsored by <laughs> Patron and Mountain Dew. Oh, boy. Uh, what is your favorite jersey? I really do like those Friday night ones we wear. I know the color, like the neon green is kind of like in your face, but I don't know. It's just like, I really like that, especially since we only wear them on Friday. It's just kind of like, man, like it's a Friday night game. Like this is a little different. We get to put on these like Friday night brights. Those were probably my favorite ones for this year. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's something in the air on those Fridays. So Like we talked about earlier a little bit, you're transferring from Holy Cross to Merrimack, but you know, you played here all summer so far and you played at Fitton, you know, for four seasons. Do you keep the same locker or like you have a similar routine when you get there and everything? Yeah. In terms of locker, I've kind of bounced around my four years at Holy Cross and even this summer, my locker's in a little different spot, same side of the room, but a little different spot. And I think that's kind of cool because like different perspective and it's just playing at fit. And I mean, it's going to be weird coming back next year. Merrimack, we're going to be playing Holy Cross in our regular season, pretty sure midweek. So like I'll come back on Wednesdays and play here. And it's just, I think it will, it's definitely always going to have a special place in my heart. It won't be my home for next year, but I think it will always be technically my home just between Holy Cross and playing for the Bravehearts. So, I mean, I'll be driving by 290 and I'll always have, Fitton will always have a special place in my heart. I'll, I'll always be around. I'll, I'll be coming back to games next year for sure. I mean, I can't, can't leave Fitton. It's just kind of, it's been in my life for so many years. So. So are they going to give you a farewell tour on your way out? Give you seat number 20 or a number on the scoreboard? <laughs> I mean, that'd be pretty cool. The whole team going <laughs> to sign something, <laughs> sign a chair. <laughs> I don't know, man, but that would be pretty cool. <laughs> And before we discuss college in more detail, we wanted to ask about you being a member of the Starfires in 2019. You're part of the, their inaugural roster. You helped launch the franchise. What was that like? And what was it like being part of the Starfires? Yeah, I mean, it was a great experience. That was like my first summer playing in an actual like college league with just uh, college kids. Um, I played the year before in the inner city league for the Lexington Blue Sox. And I loved it there. Rick DeAngelis, great coach, Holy Cross alumni too. So a little connection there, but Playing in Westfield, I mean, I had a great experience. The Morehouses did a great job. I have a great relationship with them still. Uh, every time we go back there, I go and I talk with Donnie and uh, CT. And it was it was a fun year. It was a fun year. It was a uh, little, little tough getting used to living away from home for me. But once I kind of got in the rhythm, I had a great host family and they made me feel like home. And once I kind of got a little more comfortable. I had a great experience there and it's great to see how far they've come. Cause like I was there the first year. So I remember what it was like. And now like they got all the promotions going, they got a mascot now. And it makes me really happy to see all the progress they've made. And I think they're definitely here to stay. I mean, they're, they're just climbing up. I mean, the year I was there, I think we finished last and now like they're on our heels pushing for that playoff spot. So that's great to see. Yeah, I was in Westfield last night and they are indeed doing a good job. And that's that's funny, though, that they're catching up to your heels and you're trying to like push them away. But you were there and that's summer ball for you. Yeah. 
And you're also a three-year vet, as we mentioned off the top, and have been around the circles of the league. What's been the most rewarding part of the Futures League in your eyes? I mean, I just think it's a great experience. Like, one, you get to play a lot of games. I think that's really important. Two, you get to play at, like, great stadiums. And three, like, what I noticed is that, like, this year especially, like, I've noticed kids who have also been in the league a while as well. Like, I know you had uh, Matt Malcolm on the other day. And, like, I remember when I was in Westfield, he was on Pittsfield. So, like, when he got on base, we were in Norwich one night. I'm like, I remember you. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I remember you too. And we just started talking. Like, we have a blast. Like, he stole second base or something. I tried to bunt. We're kind of just squabbling at each other and stuff like that. And so, I think that's, like, one of the rewarding things too is just kind of, like, you make these relationships that have started because of summer ball just playing against guys. And it's also cool to see, I mean, like, new teams come in, like, New Britain last year, you got Norwich this year, Vermont this year, great stadiums. I mean, I think they're doing a great job at both places. So kind of that like addition of these new teams, I think was really cool. That was really rewarding too, to just go up there in Vermont and, and play in somewhere. Cause usually it was just like mass and Connecticut. I mean, now it's kind of expanded a little, but uh, I think it's a great experience too. the talent too, since my first year has greatly increased i think last year was really really good for the league because of covid and they canceled the cape league i mean you got a lot of guys who played in the cape i mean you got sal frelick back in the league who went 15th overall like and i think that kind of put the futures on the radar like hey we're gonna be a premier league and the talent this year I mean, it's definitely just right up there with what it was last year so i think the projection for the league is really good and I'm really happy for it. And to kind of see that progression has really been, it's really been fun. Yeah. And part of that talent is some of your teammates, including Cam Meyer, probably the most notable one is they're right on your heels. So are you rooting for him to fail? Like what you rooting for the Westfield business <laughs> to fail? What, what's the approach here when you're, when you're facing Cam, you know, I think you said Friday you're playing him, right? So the, yeah, I mean, it's always fun playing Cam. He was one of my best friends on Holy Cross and I've been kind of trying to get him to play in the futures on my team though for a few years and then this year he finally goes and he goes and plays in Westfield I'm like ah you but it's fun playing against him I mean I'll chirp him when he's up at the plate or in the field and it happened the other night too uh there was a we were in Westfield and I was playing first and there was like a call and the ump might have got it wrong or something and he's on the bench and it's just really quiet and he was just like yeah like Lima I know you know what happened? He's like, you know, it was the wrong call. And I'm there with my glove over my face, like trying not to laugh. And he's like, just like killing me over there. It's always a blast. I don't know if he'll be around for the whole season. I think he has to go back to school. I'm not saying that's a good thing, but uh, I know he's been doing really well and he's been uh, hitting the heck out of the ball. And I'm just, I'm really happy for him. He's a great defender too. One of the best I've seen. Yeah, you got you to gotta start calling coaches on Westfield, the college coaches on Westfield and telling them to <laughs> grab their players back. Yeah, it's been, it's always cool to see teammates interacting across the league for sure. Before we return to our interview with Andrew Salima, we want to share a message from our friends at 78 Sports. Do you have kids playing baseball or softball? We all know practice time is limited, especially here in New England, not to mention the cost of lessons and cage time can add up quickly. Save yourself time and money by giving your kids what they need to work on their game at home. Our friends at 78 Sports can help you put together the perfect at-home training setup. Whether you want to start small with just a tee and hitting net or looking to set up a full cage with turf and a pitching machine, they have you covered. The team at 78 Sports has designed and installed 
hundreds of home and commercial sports training facilities. So let them help you plan the perfect setup for your space. Visit the 78 Sports website at 78sports.com. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. For a limited time, just by mentioning Back to the Futures, you'll receive a 10% discount off your order. That's S-E-V-E-N-T-Y, number eight, sports.com. Now back to me. From the off-field stuff to the on-field stuff, at Holy Cross this year, you had a career high in doubles and led the team. You also had a career high in RBIs and all of that with a shortened schedule. What was it like to end your career at Holy Cross the way you did and play the way you did this year? Yeah, I mean, the beginning of the season was a little rough. Um, Wasn't hitting the best out of the gates, but, like, I wasn't striking out. Like, I was just hitting literally balls right at people. Um, And there was a point where I was just like, you know, it's going to change. And then I think it was the Navy series went down there, had six hits, and then came back, played – army up here had six hits and then things started to click and then we tried for that playoff push and then the last week of the season we were supposed to play Lafayette for three games and then they changed us to Lehigh for four games and Lehigh had some really good pitching things just didn't fall our way in the end no it was it even though it was a shortened season I'm happy the way I went out and I was happy that I got to play those last weekends with um all the seniors that I kind of progressed through the program with and it was sad to see them go but I mean we still we still stay in touch my time at Holy Cross is done I mean if they had a grad program perhaps I'd stay another year but they don't so um, I'm gonna go to Merrimack and it's kind of cool because Merrimack that was one of the schools I was looking at out of high school so kind of coming full circle for me so that's pretty cool but you know Holy Cross has been good to me um, and I had a great experience there. Yeah, so that's interesting. Now you now you get to do both because you're going to Merrimack now. What was that? We'll ask you about both. What was that process like in high school getting to Holy Cross? That's it was a it was a crazy process. It's kind of a long story, but I had a few offers: uh, Merrimack, Holy Cross, and Wheaton. Kind of all divisions there too. And then um, I was in contact with some Ivies as well, and I was in. Uh, for Harvard, I was in contact with Coach Decker, and it ended up being that he said, like, he's like, I have a roster spot, would love to have you, but I don't have kind of like any like pull left anymore. He kind of used all the chips. So he's like, if you can get in on your own, he's like, you got a spot. And so I decided to go that route, did the early action, got deferred, which was kind of almost like the worst thing that could happen. Cause like, if it was a no, then it would have been like, all right, Holy Cross. But then I was like, how, oh, what do I do? So I ended up trying to still get into Harvard. Then I got denied. I was like, dang, I don't know what to do. And then when it came down to was financially, Holy Cross was the best fit for me. And so I called back up uh, Coach Desenzo, who was the coach at the time. And I was like, hey, like, I know I kind of flaked on your offer in the fall. Like, any chance you'd like to have me back? And Thankfully, he gave me an opportunity. He basically like kind of preferred walk on, like come in the fall, kind of show me like earn earn your spot on the team, like make the team. And I, I went in the fall and I did that and kind of the rest is history. But I mean, I'm just really thankful for Coach Desenzo for kind of like still believing in me and um, giving me that shot. Yeah. And so what about this year? Were you like all winter trying to focus on baseball and find a new home? for next year or what was that transfer process like? It was kind of crazy. Like right after COVID hit and we kind of got sent home, 
there was talk about like, Hey, like they're going to give like spring athletes, like another year of eligibility. And I was like, they better. Cause we played 15 games out of like a 60 game schedule. I'd be really upset if they didn't. And so then once it became more clear, like probably like April, May that like, yeah, they're going to do that. Even though I don't know if they officially announced it yet. I was already looking. One of the big things for me is like, I knew what I wanted to do for my master's. So like that was step one, like find a school that has my master's. So I literally just typed in like New England schools that have data science masters. And one of the first schools that popped up was Merrimack. And I was like, this is really interesting because out of high school, they recruit me out of high school. I have a good relationship with the coach there. All right, let's see if this will work. So like I called up the coach. He's like, yeah, he's like, love to have you. I looked around at other schools, but I just, I don't know. There's something about it. Like I felt like it was just right. Kind of just that feeling in your gut. Yeah. I was going to look around and see other schools too, but I don't know. Maybe it could have been like, because they recruited me out of like high school and I kind of felt like, you know what? I live in Andover. I could save money living at home. They have my master's program. So that's great. So now I'm two for two and three, they have a baseball program and they love to have me. I mean, I, I have all three there and it's tough to find all three. For me, it was a, it was a pretty, pretty straightforward and easy decision. I mean, I guess I'm lucky and I'm blessed because I know there's a lot of other student athletes in the same position as me who aren't as lucky and who might still be struggling to find a, find a new home. Yeah, it was pretty cut and dry for me and I'm really excited to be, uh, be going there next year. Yeah, certainly a school that has plenty of representation around the Futures League past and present, including Michael Lankiewicz, who's had a great season. Have you been in touch with any of the guys from Merrimack, and what are you looking forward to most about meeting them? The crazy part about Merrimack is that a lot of the guys on the team, especially like last year's roster, but also this year's roster, I've either played with them or played against them. I know Cedric Gillette, who had been on the Navigators in years past, Timmy Kalanzakis, who is on the Nashville Silver Knights right now, I mean, I grew up playing baseball with them. We won a Little League state title together. We played Legion ball together. My connection with them goes back, like, way back. So, like, that's going to be really cool. In terms of baseball career as well, like, that's full circle too. Jacob Tebow, like, I played against him in Legion. So that's kind of cool. And then, like, a lot of the other guys, just area guys or guys I played against. And just in the league too, like, any guy who's a Merrimack guy, like, I try to get to know him. I think the All-Star game was great. I got to know Mike from Brockton, uh, Glinkowitz. I got to know him really well. And it's uh, every time we play him, it's kind of funny. Tease him a little bit. He'll tease me a little bit. Just kind of like, you know, that baseball banter. So, I mean, that's really cool as well. And he's, he's lighting him up. He's having a great summer. And so I'm excited to go to Merrimack and, you know, learn some things from him. Kind of like talk like what do you do with swing, stuff like that. A little give and take with that. Um, so I'm really excited. It's going to be great. It's going to be really cool playing with guys that we are 10 years old playing on a little league diamond, pitching, hitting home runs. And now we're going to be playing on big size, real diamond playing for the same college team. So I'm really excited for it. Yeah. Full circle. And it's probably very exciting to see all the success those warriors are having this summer and future warriors like yourself back to some other success. You had a little further back at SJP. You're a team captain in 2017. You hit 326 and had eight home runs that senior year. Uh, What was it like, going into that when you're still juggling all these college options that you knew your play on the field was, was not going to be one of the issues. That uh, season was a little stressful because of the college situation, but to be honest, I mean, 
since my sophomore year when I was when I was on varsity, that's like when I made varsity. We went to the Super 8 final that year. And then junior year, we went to the Super 8 final. And we lost both years. So really, my only focus was kept back to the Super 8 finals so we could win a championship. And unfortunately, we didn't. We lost to St. John Shrewsbury. And those three years, I mean, losing all three years, those are heartbreakers. And some of those games I'd love to have back. But the interesting thing is that, like, a lot of those guys on that St. John Shrewsbury team, like, I'm playing with now. Tyler Mudd was a freshman on the team. Um, he got a few at-bats, and I guess he pinch ran when I was playing first. Like, I didn't know who he was, and now he's my teammate on the Bravehearts. Um, so that's pretty interesting. And, I mean, you got a lot of guys who just got drafted. I mean, Sean Burke got drafted. He was on that team. Um, oh, there, there were relievers that are, like, D2 starting pitchers on that team. Yeah. 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 I mean, they had a really talented team. I wish we beat them. I think we had a shot. We were right there. But it's just kind of funny how, like, you play against these guys and then you end up playing with them or you see them go get drafted. My experience at the prep, that was – I'm really happy I went to the prep. It was one of the best experiences of my life. I love playing baseball there. Coach Latar was a great coach. I mean, that's where I met Jack Aaron. And now he's, he's a coach. He's going to be a great coach. I'm telling you that. And the best part is, is that – He's the same kind of coach as he was a player. He was one of the best leaders I've had on a team. I mean, he was our catcher too, so you kind of expect that out of your catcher. But, I mean, he kept everybody in line. He really brought out the best in you. You can kind of see that now. He kind of managed that team the first half of the season, and they they had a great kind of spurt there. And um, it was no surprise to me. It might have been to some other people, but no surprise to me. Yeah, it sounds like you and Jack would have the most uh... – Futures League LinkedIn connections. You'd be the league <laughs> leaders there. <laughs> you just, you know, everyone everywhere. So you guys couldn't take the Super 8 home. But then like in 2017, I, Owen and I played for Hingham High. We took down Braintree. So it wasn't, it's not that hard. I mean, we tried. We beat them five years. to one. No biggie. Like we couldn't, we couldn't. I mean, we would always, when it, when we played Braintree in both finals, we had to beat them twice because we were coming out of the loser's bracket in both years, sophomore and junior. We beat them the first game, but we couldn't beat them that second game. And like, ah, especially that second time against Braintree, like when they went back to back that, that was one of the most, I was very emotional after that game. Like, I don't know if it was because we were so close or if it was because it was Braintree again, but I mean, to hear that you guys brought them down, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we had to, um, our first baseman was I in was, left field. Our first baseman was in left field. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I was, I was actually, I did pitch that game. Weird brag, but, um, they, we had to win one game to get in and it was our last game of the season. Just to, not the super eight, obviously the, the tournament, we were right around 500 and, uh, and that was, yeah. Talk about emotional. That was a fun day. Yeah. It's just, you Sorry. know, whatever reminiscing Sorry. <laughs> um, I mean, anytime i hear somebody beat braintree it makes me happy <laughs> yeah uh so what do you think now that there's no super eight because everyone seemed to love it yeah i mean i don't get it mia is very uh very weird i, I did, i'm not a fan <laughs> yeah i mean it's curious like I, i'm not sure if they'll bring it back or if this year was just different because of like COVID and stuff. I think the regular state tournament, it's really, it's, I think it's a pretty good format, but kind of that one game and out and there's so many teams, a lot of it just kind of comes to luck of the draw. Do you play this team when they throw their ace or 
maybe they just have a bad day and that's baseball it happens and that's one of the things i really liked about the super eight was it had that double elimination kind of aspect of it so it's baseball you're gonna have bad days so it kind of allows for that and allows teams to still have a chance at winning a championship i'll be interested to see what they do i kind of like to see if they bring back the super eight kind of like the college world series format where there's, I think they kind of had like two brackets or something, and then yeah. there's a winner and a loser's bracket from each one. But then if you make it to the championship, like the slate's wiped clean and it's just best two out of three. Like I would love that. And like maybe I'm a little biased because we had a win two every year I was in the finals and like we'd win the first and then lose the second. Whereas if that series was two out of three, like who knows what happens? Maybe we win two out of those three years, maybe we win all three years. If, if I could change it, like I'd bring back the Super 8, but I'd change that kind of final series aspects and I'd make it two out of three. Yeah, there's no bias there. That's just, you know, what you would do. Obviously. That's just strategic. Yeah. <laughs> Strategy. And we got to ask about academics. You were a Patriot League all-academic honor roll in all four years of Holy Cross. You earned academic excellence recognition in all four years at St. John's Prep. And you were the president of the National Honor Society there. How much do you value academics? I, I have to credit that to my parents and my coach from uh, back home, Coach Joe Arabino. I mean, he always told me, like, baseball is important, but... My parents, especially like, you know, school comes first. And I think that's something like people don't really know about me. Kind of a nerd, but really don't know that about me. I mean, I was a math major here and stats and physics minor, and I'm going to Merrimack for data science. So who knows? You might see me teaching one day too. I just think it's really important. And I think it's just, it's a good, I always saw it as exercise for your brain. If you're going to exercise and work out to play a sport and become better at a sport, you should do the same for your kind of your head. And that's progressed to like just that mental part of the game, especially baseball. I mean, it's baseball's all failure and kind of dealing with that mental kind of toughness and just, I mean, somebody used to say like baseball's like 90% mental and I a hundred percent agree with that, but academics, it's just always been important for me. Maybe it's because I, I see it as a game. I, I don't know. Like if I can get a good grade, like that's like hitting a home run. I've always been interested in just, math and science and I could go on and on and I just don't want to get too nerdy right now so <laughs> hey totally fine that's a good perspective though exercise for the brain I've never heard that before so that's good that you've obviously kept that up through your many many years of schooling before we do a little tequila dance and get back to our interview with Andrew Salima we want to share a message from our friends at on-demand storage are you tired of living in clutter do you need more space around your home or office are you sick of visiting your self-storage unit does your business need a way to securely and conveniently store excess materials? On-demand storage will pick up your items directly from your location and put them in storage for you. When you want something put back, give us a call and we can deliver it back right away. We bring convenience to the outdated self-storage process. Visit ondemandstorage.com and submit an inquiry. During sign-up, mention the Futures League and receive 50% off your storage pickup. Once again, that's ondemandstorage, all one word, dot com. Now back to me. And then how about a message to Braveheart fans before we get to our final segment? We're almost there. We're at the stretch run. Playoffs are coming. What do you have to say to Braveheart fans? Keep coming out and supporting us and won't let you down if you do that. We're going we're gonna to bring it back. We're going to get back to that championship, especially after last year. And we're going to finish the job this year. Yeah, the Bravehearts want it. That's been the message all year. And we now move on to our final segment. It's called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high quality and innovative design since 1993. 
So Andrew, we got a couple more questions for audience to get to know you better. Is that cool? Yeah. All right, let's do it. Favorite teammate that you've played with in the FCBL? Nicky Martin. Yeah. That's been a lot of people's answer on the Bravehearts. That makes sense. <laughs> and how about favorite ballpark you've played in and one you've attended as a fan? All right. Favorite ballpark I've played in, and I got to go with Fitton. And favorite ballpark I've attended as a fan? I got to say Fenway. Yeah, that's by far the most popular answer this season, and we appreciate it. <laughs> and how about a sports stadium or sporting event that's on your bucket list? Ooh, I'd love to go see. I know it's going to sound weird, like I'm a Red Sox fan, but I'd love to go in a Yankee stadium in my Red Sox year and see a Yankees-Red Sox game, just to, like, see what happens. Yeah, I have a lot of friends in Connecticut who do that, and and it's, they always come back with stories more when they're winning games and losing games, but that's that's definitely something that I'd like to experience, too. And how about favorite big league team or big league player, whether it's current or historical? I mean, team, Red Sox, in terms of players, it's kind of weird. Like, power hitter-wise, I really loved Jim Tomey and then Tony Gwynn for, like, average. So it's kind of funny. I have, like, your home run and then your average guy. Um, but those would be my uh, two favorites. So were those two guys that you modeled your game after, or were there was there somebody else in the current game that you try and model your, your game after on the diamond? A little bit. Like, kind of just take from everything. But in the end, like, I've kind of been always a guy, like, just be your unique self and kind of like play your game. And I think it's important to take kind of aspects from other people's game, but kind of mold that into like your own unique player, like you're your own player. So now who do you model your game after in the data science field? Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. That's a good question. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still like a young sprout there. I'm still my way. You're just, you're just growing up still. What's your uh, walk-up music at Fitting? I'll be honest. I kind of let Donnie pick my walk-up songs. Just I'm like, hey, pick a song that like the crowd's going to love. Um, and I think right now it's some Backstreet Boys or something. So be it. I mean, I don't mind it. If it gets people going, I mean, that's the important part. Definitely, that's the most important part. Are you superstitious on game day or throughout the season? Yeah, like... I wouldn't say I'm wicked superstitious, but, um, you know, I got to go through my pregame stretch and routine. I mean, there's some even where I like, I'll have to take three swings before the game, just dry hacks, but like it has to be three. And I always got to make sure I wear my, uh, I just got to wear baseball socks. And I just like some days, like, even if I'm just DH, I'd be like, Oh, I can just rock like the crew socks. I'm like, Nope. Got to go baseball. Got to go wear those baseball socks. Yeah, definitely. I, I personally go with the mid calves when I'm not doing that, mm-hmm. but that makes sense. It's superstition. You got to, whatever works, right? Yeah. Uh, sure. What What about when you're a fan at the game? What's your favorite ballpark food? Ooh, it's a good question. Kind of, if they got like good fried dough, I know it's not going to sit well in my stomach, but uh, I'd love a good fried dough with like powdered sugar, cinnamon. Yeah, I got to go with the fried dough. Oh, so worth it. <laughs> uh, are you a bubblegum guy or a sunflower seeds guy? Ooh, I mean both. Like the only thing about the bubblegum is after you chew it for about 10 minutes, your mouth gets tired. Whereas like sunflower seeds, like they're coming out with like a lot of cool new flavors too. Like they got like this like sweet and spicy one now, which tastes like the uh, purple Doritos. So I really, I think I might have to lean towards sunflower seeds on this one. 
Yeah, they should just try that out in the futures league because everyone loves talking about the flavors. They should they should just sponsor us, David. For David sure. or uh, what's the bigs? Yeah, for sure, that'd yeah. be great. And uh, last question of the quick hit segment presented by Zephyr: What's your favorite all time baseball memory? Oh, this year at the All Star Game was really that's like definitely up there. But I mean, winning the Little League state title when I was uh, like kind of in that Williamsport kind of competition. We had, we went to regionals and we lost in the regional final. So I would love to say winning the regional final, but we didn't. So winning the States that year, I mean, that's something we had our 10 year reunion this year. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that was 10 years ago. So I would say that and this year's all-star game, best memories. Yeah. You get the two different age groups there. So that's perfect. Mm -hmm. Well, Andrew, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been awesome. Best of luck with everything. And we can't wait to see you and the Bravehearts here down the stretch trying to go up in the standings, as you said. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks, Andrew. And this has been episode 26 of season three of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We have new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon. Thank you.